Start. So we are, we're holding, really, at the beginning of the Mesa. I think we're going to be holding at the beginning of the Mesa for a long, long time. But uh, we're holding at the beginning. And the Tam, when the Chacham is, the Tam has become a shoemaker. And the Chacham is beginning his journey around the world. The Chacham is beginning to leave. He already left the village. He already got on the wagon, headed to Warsaw. He headed to what he thought would be the ultimate place to get to. Because when he's sitting in the village, the biggest thing in, the, the biggest thing in his mind is the city of Warsaw. It's the biggest thing you could imagine. He's never seen a wagon before. He's never seen four, four big white horses carrying a wagon before. And therefore, he looks at the wagon, he looks at the horses, and he says, you're going to Warsaw, I want to come along. And like we said last time, he's willing to really go to the bottom of the rung of the ladder of being a mishares to these people. He becomes literally a schlepper for these people. He can be in his town and he can be somebody who's respectable, somebody who has a parnasa, somebody who owns a home. His father left him a bayis gadol, a large home, but he's willing to give all of that up all in order to get to the dimyon of what he thinks is going to bring him satisfaction, which is going to be in the city of Warsaw. And he's going to get to the city of Warsaw, which we started discussing already last time. And obviously, as soon as he gets to Warsaw, his whole mind, shift, his whole mind shifts. Because, like we mentioned, I think at the end of last year, that the, the, the klala of the chacham is that there's no intrinsic happiness and there's no intrinsic shleimus. The klala of the chacham is that shleimus and happiness and respect and covet is only going to be based on the place that he's in. And therefore, in his village, the most respectable thing in the world is Warsaw. That's the biggest hasage he could have, is the city of Warsaw, a wagon, four horses. That to him is, is the ultimate, the peak of wealth. And then as soon as he gets to Warsaw, right away he turns around and says, wait a second, there's a lot of wagons over here. There's a lot of horses over here. And there's a lot of people in Warsaw that look the same as the people that I saw in my village as being at the top of the ladder. And I realize that they're somewhere in the middle of the ladder, maybe even on the bottom of the ladder. And so right away he starts to shift. And then what he thought was important, what he thought's going to bring him happiness, now no longer brings him happiness. And the Chacham therefore decides, as we discussed last time, the Chacham decides, I'm leaving, the, I'm leaving them. I don't want to be with them. I'm not interested in, I'm not interested in staying with them. Not because there's any, anything wrong with them, but because they don't match up to the new Hasaga that he's gotten in Warsaw of what real wealth looks like. And you see this with people. Again, this is, like I said, you know, many, since the beginning, this is not a story, it's our story. And we see this in our own lives, that a person has something which they aspire for, and they want something, when you're a child, it's to get a car, you're a teenager, like the greatest thing you can do is get a car, and then you get a car, and then you say, wait a second, now I have the car, but now, now, I'm in the re- now I'm in the stadium, now I'm in the playing field of cars. So before I wasn't in the world of cars, because I don't have a car, I was hitching all the time. Now I have a car, but now if I'm in the world of cars, so now I have to figure out what's a nice car, which means now it's no longer enough to have a car, because I'm already in that playing field of a car, and I have to figure out what type of car I want. And now the car that I've, I've been given and I've been gifted, which is an amazing car and was nice up until now, is no longer, no longer holds any value. Right? I mentioned, I think last time after the show, I was mentioning about the car that we had when we were in Yeshiva. It was you know, a car that it, it didn't have, it had a leak in the, uh, the cooling, it's called like the cooling uh, fluid. The co- there was no cooling fluid to be able to stay in the car. And the only way the car would be able to get from 9th Amamath, where I was in Yeshiva, to Shopper Plaza, or what used to be Shopper Plaza, where it's, it's now, um, Gourmet, what's it called? Gourmet Glot? Glot Gourmet, Gourmet Glot. Yeah, I don't know which one it is, but the, one, with the supermarket over there, the only way to be able to get this, you have to have a big, we had a big jug of water, you poured, it into the, you poured it into the front of the hood, we got it all the way to there, and then before we left, to get back to Yeshiva from Sharper Plaza, to 9th Amamath, you poured water back in, and if you want to pour water back in, you would know about it, you know, three, four blocks in, it would start, it would start heating. And we're the happiest people in the world because nobody else in Yeshiva had a car. It was illegal to have a car in Yeshiva, but we had a car. We had the ability, instead of having to hitch to ShopRite and to hitch to, you know, to the restaurants, we'd actually be able to drive there. So we, were, we felt luxurious. And then as soon as we got cars, as soon as we all came back from Yitzhak and got cars, so now that, we don't want a car like that. That's, we want a car, and we, don't, we want a car with heated seats. And then as soon, 
Now I'm in the world of luxury cars. So every, this, is the, this is the klal of the chacham. If I'm looking for things that intrinsically are valuable to me, which means having a car is something that's valuable. Having a car means that I don't, I don't have to be reliant on other people. I can, make, I can make my way from one side of town to the other. I can drive different places. That's intrinsically valuable, or it could be intrinsically valuable. But then as soon as I get that which is intrinsically valuable, and I start to lose sight of what's intrinsically valuable and what society holds valuable, then I fall into the call of the Chacham. And that's why he comes to Warsaw and everything's going well. The people that he's met, again, even though we said he just jumped on the wagon with them, he didn't do any research on them before, but he met these people and the good, things are going well. And he's very, very quickly gonna rise to the ranks of being one of the, one of the partners in this firm. He's gonna work with these people that brought him to Warsaw and he's gonna be able to work in their company. They like him, he likes them. They like him right away that when they saw him, they said he was somebody smart. They saw that he was somebody who was very, very quick. He was, he was, he, he was ruts, he was somebody who was moving quickly. They liked him, he liked them. So there's no issues over here, but it's not enough because as soon as he got to Warsaw, he realized that that was enough in the village. In Warsaw, it's not enough. In Warsaw, I need much more than that. In Warsaw, the ceiling gets that much higher and therefore the ceiling has now become the floor and therefore he wants to get to something much bigger. And therefore right away what he does is he leaves these people, which is a very, very silly move to do because you finally found comfort. You're in an, you're in an unknown city. You don't know anybody there. You don't have anybody other than the people that brought you but again, because of the allure of some sort of wealth, of some sort of covet, of something bigger than what he has, he's gonna leave them right away. That's the part of the story that we're up to, and we'll see. But what he does is something which we all do, but it's something which, when you see it from an outsider's perspective, when we're watching this outside Chacham, who's not inside of us, and we're able to right away point at the flaws and point at the mistakes, then hopefully, when we talk about the Chacham, the outside Chacham, someone who's nothing to do with us, some guy that we're pointing at, hopefully then we talk about him enough, that eventually we start to realize we are the Chacham, and we're trying to be the Chacham and the Tam, and trying to hopefully move over to the place of, to place of the Tam. So let's just read two, three more lines to see what he does. That, that's what we're up to. Let's go back even one more. He comes to Warsaw. Because he was a Bar Havana, and again, that's the Klala of the Chacham, he is a Bar Havana. He thought to himself, now we're ready in Warsaw. When I was in the village, the best people that I wanted to be seen with are these people. But now I'm in Warsaw. I don't want to be, I don't want to be seen with them anymore. I want somebody better. Maybe there's a better place. And we explained last time why I used the word makim. Maybe there's a better place in them. Maybe there's something better. Let me go and let me search out and let me see. Maybe I can find something that's better. So at this point in the story, he doesn't even know that there's something better. But in the back of his mind, there's always that thought that there's gotta be something better than whatever I have. So if he would have seen something better right away, okay, something caught his attention, so mainly he wants it. He doesn't even know that there's something better. He's just miserable with what he has because of the thought that there probably is something better. And I probably just haven't experienced it and seen it yet, so whatever I'm going to have is probably not gonna be good enough because I probably could find something that's better than that. So I'm going to see that maybe I can find something which is gonna cause me to be miserable. Terrible thing to do. You're happy right now, everything's good. Why drive down the block with the bigger houses? Why try to find the neighborhood with the bigger houses than the house you have? Right now you're happy. So, but he doesn't want to do that. He wants to go to the place to see. He's going to go to the shuk. The shuk, like we said, is a place of chitzayinus. He's going to the shuk because maybe over there I'm going to find something that's more impressive than what I have. And then if I find that and I see that, then my eyes are going to see, my legs are going to be chaymed, and then I'm going to be interested in whatever I see. So again, this is the klala. He, the ulai, this is the ulai, the suffolk of Amalek, which is constantly playing in the back of his head. Maybe, maybe there's something better. Ulai yesh makam mehem. Maybe I can get a better house. Maybe I can get a better job. Maybe I can get a better stellar. Maybe I can find a better girl. Maybe I can get my kids into a better school. Whatever it is, whatever the klala is, maybe something, maybe I can do something better than this. And therefore, I don't want to set off whatever I have. I'm going to go search around to see what the world has to offer to be able to see that maybe I'm going to find something better. And again, the place that he goes is always the shuk. He's always headed back to the shuk 
Because that's the place of all chitzenius. That's the place where everything's external. There is no internal. You can't walk into a store in the shuk. There's no stores. The weirs are all outside. Everything's chitzenius. The hischalachar ulashayel halanashim shaviu. So what he does is, this is the first time that he's actually doing research on the people that brought him there, the, the merchants that brought him to Warsaw. But he doesn't ask, again, this is the klala. He doesn't ask, are they good? He doesn't ask, is it good for me to work with them? What's his question? I don't care if they're good. Is there anybody better than them in town? Are they the top of the ladder or is there anybody on top of them? That's his only question. The normal thing to do, okay, you came to Warsaw, you want to now do research. You're coming to the city where they live, right? We mentioned that they said they came from Warsaw, they're going back to Warsaw. That's the place where they live, that's the place where they're going back to. So you come to Warsaw, you want to know, are these people that it's worthwhile investing in? Are these people that it's worthwhile me staying in this business and working my way up the ladder? But he doesn't do that because that would be the smart thing to do. He's a chacham, he's a ibr chacham, and therefore the question that he asks is, Im is there anybody better than them? Right, you call it shatan. Is there anybody? I like her, she's good. The girl's good. Is that, you have anybody better? I don't you have anybody better. She's good. Yeah, but maybe, maybe there's something better than them. I'm not calling to ask you know, a question about the girl that, you, the girl that you're dating. No, I want to know, is there anybody better? Do you have anybody, what are the other options that you have on the table? That's his question. That's his question. They ask him about the people that he brought. Is there anybody better than the people that them? People tell him, no, these are good people. These are trustworthy people. They're good people. It's good to be with them. But there's challenges. And the challenges are, because they travel a lot. That's why he met them. The Chacham originally met them, not in Warsaw. He met them in his village. And therefore, these are people that travel. So therefore, it's good to be with them, but there's going to be challenges. And Mimela, what he does is, and like we mentioned last time, I think this is where we ended with last time, is that he gives up the whole thing because of the challenge. And that's obviously, again, the Chacham's, the Chacham's foolishness is that he, they tell him, Chacham, it's good to be with them. They're good people. They're trustworthy. They're honest. It's a good business. Everything's going to work out well. But there's going to be challenges, which is the reality of all of life, that any business you take, any girl you date, any, any school you get, you get into, any, any house that you buy, there's always going to be challenges. But the Chacham can't live with any challenge. The Chacham wants to live a life of total, total perfection where everything's working without any avoid We'll see very, very soon. He gets sick of the whole idea of working. He doesn't want to work. He doesn't want to work hard. He doesn't want to put on any avoid. He wants everything to just be smooth sailing. So as soon as he hears that it's difficult, that there's some difficulty involved in the process, which is the natural reality of the world, is that there's going to be difficulty in the process. There has to be. Otherwise, you can't create anything. As soon as he hears, Shekashim Etzlam, even though they told him just a minute ago, but it's difficult. They don't say it's bad to be with them. Again, if you're he says, it's good to be with them, but it's difficult. It's very difficult to be with them. Not that it's bad to be with them, but it's difficult. Difficulty has nothing to do with good and bad. Difficulty is part of good. And both those things go in one sentence. It's good and it's difficult. Right, you, you talk to somebody about you know you have you have a bar I just had a new baby. So is it good to have a new baby? Yeah, it's good. Is it difficult? Yeah, it comes with challenges. Babies don't sleep at night. That's the reality of babies. So that means it's not good because there's some challenges that come. No, it's good, and it's kasha. It's good and it's difficult. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that it's something that's intrinsically not good because it's difficult. Right, the Meshulach very famously teaches on the uh, tomorrow's the Kutzka's yard site. Tonight's where the Kutzka's yard site. It's the Rebbe, the Meshulach for some point in his, in his life until he went to his own base medrash. But the Meishalech the, teaches the, on the Gemara. The Gemara says that Shammai and Hill had a machlekes many years about what's... Is it better to be created or not to be created? They finally came out. 
It's, not, it's better not to It's better not to be created. Now they're created. We have to make the best. Of, we have to make the best of the opportunity Hashem gave us, and we have to live with it. So the Meishalach says that sounds like a very depressing Gemara. The Gemara is basically coming out that after years and years of debate, they came out that the whole world is better not to have been created. Every one of us, and this is Shaman Hill talking, not 2023. Every one of them is better not to be created. So like this is the Maskana of the Gemara. It's like the Meishalach reading the Gemara wrong. It's not, the Gemara doesn't say it's it's worse to be created. That wasn't the worst question. The worst question was Noyach or Loy Noyach. Is it easy or not easy? Would it have been easier to just stay up in Shemayim or, there, or is it easier to come down here? Nimnu Vagamra, they came out La Maskana, it's very, very difficult to be in this world. That doesn't mean it's bad. That, that, that means that the reality of living in this world is that it's challenges. It's a reality of a world that has difficulties, it has challenges. But that doesn't, they never said it's bad. They never said it was a mistake. They never said that Rabbi Hashem Khalila made the wrong choice. And he said, yes, create, not create. And he made the wrong choice, even though it would have been worse to create as he created us anyways. What well, it says, It would have been easier had we not been created. But that's the reality of the life we live in, is that it's difficult. But it's toiv ma'id. To be lias etzlam, toiv lias etzlam, and kashem oid lias etzlam. He doesn't chop that those two things go together. Because the Chacham says, if it's good, then it can't be difficult. If it's difficult, it can't be good. And that's not true. The Tam understands that difficulty and good times go together. That the only way I can really have something good is only when it's difficult. That, yeah, it's noyach lel adam shaloi nivru. That it would have been, be- been easier had I not been created. Not better. It would have been easier had I not been created. But now I'm created. And now I'm created, and there are difficulties, and I and now I have the opportunity to be able to utilize those difficulties to grow in a way that I would have never been able to do had I not come down to this world. Like the Baltani writes, you read the the ultimate you read the is the Neshama coming down to this world. It's, it's the biggest you read that ever happens from the Ilam Yenim down to Ilam Azet to Amad Peruda, but it's ultimately the Tachlis is an Aliyah, the Tachlis is to go back up. So is it difficult? Yeah, it's difficult for the Neshama to come down here. Is it difficult to be with these people in Warsaw? Yeah, it's difficult, but that doesn't mean it's not good. And that's why they preface, they first say, then they say, It's good, but it's also difficult. The Chacham doesn't want any of that. The Chacham says, give me good, that's pure good, with no difficulty, no challenges. I want to sit back, I want everything to come to me on a silver platter. I don't want to work. I want to be the 18-year-old kid who strikes it rich and somehow is making a tremendous amount of money in cash advance and therefore I don't have to work a day in my life. Everything's going smooth. Everything's going easy. There's no challenges at all. I want, I want to be that guy who figured out how, how I'm able to make it very, very quickly, very easily. And that's not the reality. The reality is that those who made it only made it with difficulties, only made it with challenges, only made it with failures. It was toiv, and it was also kashim ha'ivlis etzlam. But the Chacham doesn't want any part in anything that's difficult, and therefore he right away he drops them. So halach vera, again, let's, this is part of his, his walk around the shuk. So the first thing he asks is, is anybody better than them? And they say, these people are great, but there's difficulty. So already in the back of his mind, he's already, he's already written them off. He's not going back to these people. They're difficult, there's challenges, he's done. He's done with the whole thing. Halach vera, then he goes, goes out and he's walking through the shuk. He's continuing on his walk through the shuk. And he sees Meshorsim shall, gvil, shall, uh, shall gvelbin, gvelbin, which means like these people have, uh, the people that work in, uh, in custom suits, people that work in, in, um, in, 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 in textiles. fabric, textiles, people that work in, in uh, creating, creating clothing. Sheyaholcham Meshuk. He sees these people walking through the shuk. Now these are the people, because they work in the textile factory, or it wasn't a factory, because they work, you know, in the person making the clothing. So the clothing they're gonna be wearing is the nicest clothing. The guy who works in the custom suit shop, he's wearing the nicest custom suit in the shul. So he sees these people walking through the shuk. They're walking around in a very, very, very prestigious way. They're beautiful hats. It's one of the things that they would make. They make beautiful hats. And they walked around with beautiful shoes, hats and shoes. And we'll talk about it in a minute why specifically hats and shoes. But you saw them wearing hats and shoes in Makitzvay's Baltics with very, very pointy, pointy uh, shoes, very pointy shoes. And again, there's, 
Imyanam, why Dafka pointy shoes? Maybe we'll see if we have time why exactly they're pointy shoes. But very pointy, very like beautiful, majestic shoes. The way that they walked around had a lot of chain to it, and Malbushayim, and, and the clothing they were wearing. So he sees this, this is a very impressive sight. Again, he's right away, he's just looking for the thing that's most impressive. So what does he see? He sees that the way they walk around is impressive. And Pashas, that means they walked around with a lot of gaiva. They walked around as if they were, you know, somebody really chashev, somebody really impressive, somebody really, you know, respectable. They walked around chashev, and their clothing was also very high-end clothing. So he sees this, right away this catches his attention, because that's what he's looking for. He's looking for the guy that makes an impression when he walks through the, walks through the shul. The guy who, when he's walking through the marketplace, all the heads are turning. So his head is turning, and he sees these guys with their nice clothing. They're walking with their heads held up high, and they're walking in a way with chain, that the whole, everyone's looking at them. Right away, he's like, I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy. He sees the guy walking into shul and all the heads turn around and the rough goes over and gives him a warmer shalom aleichem because he's sponsored after shul and half the shul is going over to the guy giving him shalom aleichem because he's the guy with the most money. Right away, he's like, I want to be that guy. I don't know what he does. I don't know what his parnasa is. I want to figure out what that guy does. I want to emulate him. I want to copy him. I want to copy and paste because I want to be the guy that when I walk into shul, everybody else's heads turn around and I'm the guy who gets the most covered in shul from everybody in Shul. And therefore, right away, This is beauty. He loves this. This is exciting for him. Here's somebody who's, who's, uh, who's, who's catching everybody's attention. Because he likes things that are beautiful, things that are physically beautiful, things that are externally beautiful. He likes them. And this is also something which is in Warsaw, right? He's now established his place in Warsaw. This is something which is local and he has the ability to be, able to, to be able to rise big. Now again, he's focusing on the place that he's in because at this point, he thinks that the greatest thing is Warsaw. We'll see, very, very soon, he's gonna get sick of Warsaw in a very short amount of time. Already a few weeks into his first job, he gets sick of Warsaw. And he says, let me go find out if there's any, anyone going outside of Warsaw and he wants to go somewhere else. But right now, at this point in the story, Warsaw is the headquarters. Warsaw is the highest place on his, you know, on his bucket list. Warsaw is the nicest place that he's ever been. And therefore, what he's trying to do is he's trying to raise to the, you know, rise to the top of the ladder within Warsaw. So if he sees the guys walking around the shuk who catch everybody's attention in Warsaw, and this in his place is the most impressive, he wants to be those people. He wants to be able to copy them. What does he do? So right now at this point, he, he, all he saw is he just saw these guys walking, walking through the market. He's impressed by them. Now, one of the things he doesn't understand, this is also, again, one of the things that, that, that you know, when the guy walks into shul and everybody turns around, one of the things that's not understood well is I think two things. First of all, Nachman gave the example of, some, of these people who were involved in Chanus al-Basha. They, uh, they were involved in the textile. So the fact that the guy's wearing a nice suit doesn't actually mean anything, right? Because if the guy works in a custom suit store and he's wearing the nicest suit in the shul, well, it doesn't mean that he's wealthy. Well, you're, only, you're only viewing one part of a story. You're viewing the fact that he has the nicest clothing and therefore assuming that because he has the nicest clothing, he's the wealthiest guy in shul and therefore he's the most successful. That, the truth is, it's not true because he drives a regular car and he is in a rental in a basement somewhere and he doesn't have a lot of money. He happens to have gotten a nice job working in a suit store and happens to be that they give him a very good deal in suits. Maybe they give him a free suit. So he's walking around with the nicest suit. The problem is when you look the chitzenius, all the guy sees is that they're wearing the nicest clothing in the shuk. Without recognizing, wait a second, of course they're wearing the nicest clothing in the shuk. They work in the clothing, for, the clothing store. They work making custom suits. So they're wearing the nicest suits and you're impressed by that? You're just seeing one tiny drop of what they do and you're getting impressed by something so chitzenius. You didn't see their bank account. You didn't see the size of their house. You didn't see, you didn't see how well they're able, how much they're able to give tzedakah. You saw one chalik of it and right away you got impressed by it. But that's again, that's the chacham. The chacham is chacham ain of bereshay. 
He's always looking around with his eyes. He's looking around with the, with the concept of his eyes. It's called the Eni Ha'ida, or called the Chacham. Chacham has a lot to do with the eyes, and this, the Chacham of Klipa, is always looking around with his eyes, and the thing that catches his attention, he assumes he knows the whole story. If these are the guys with the nicest suits, they must be the wealthiest people, and they must have it. He doesn't know that maybe a hand-me-down, maybe they got it from their, maybe they got it from their brother who's very wealthy. Right away, he just wants to be that guy who has the nicest suit and shoe. The second thing he doesn't understand is that even when you do see the guy that's wealthy, even when you see the guy who really made it, it, it didn't come in a way that didn't have akshakasha ma'id. It didn't come in a way that was easy. There was no, nobody made it to the top of the ladder in a way that was easy. So you're gonna see the guy who walks into shul at the age of whatever it is, 40, 50, 30, doesn't make a difference. He walks into shul and he walks into shul in a way that's impressive. So you right away say, well, I wanna be that guy without recognizing that in order for the guy to get to where he got to, it was a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous long journey of failures, of ups and downs, of sleepless nights, of anxiety, of a tremendous amount of difficulties, of real challenges that got him to that place. So what does the Chacham want? The Chacham wants to be Veer. We all want to be Veer at the end of the journey already without recognizing that you don't get to the end of the journey in one day. It doesn't work that way. The only way that guy got to the place where he's wearing that suit and that car and that house, is giving up that much tzedakah and he's getting that much COVID, is only because he went through a very, very difficult journey. So the Chacham right away gave up on the journey of the people that, that brought him to Warsaw because he says, that and what he wants is, he wants, quick, he wants quick money. He wants to be able to get to the place of quick COVID right away. But he doesn't realize that these people also had to go through a journey. I spoke to somebody, Mamish, this week, who just dealt with a tremendous, tremendous difficulty in business, a heavy, heavy loss. I'm talking, in the, they settled you know, within the, in the millions. It was a very, very heavy lawsuit, and it was not an easy thing. And Baruch Hashem, you know, settled for better than, for you know, less money that he wanted, but it's not, it was not an easy lawsuit, and since he you know, he's bought the business, he's been through a lot, a lot of difficulties. And he told me, he said, he said, it's so funny, he said, because five years down the line, Mr. Hashem, the business is, is on its up. The business is going to do well. I'm going to be somebody who's going to be successful. And Mr. Hashem, it's, it's headed in that direction. He said, five years down the line, some little kid, some 19-year-old kid who's leaving yeshiva, who's going out to work, is going to look at me and be like, wow, the guy, like, the guy made it. He really is doing well. Without realizing that what I've just went through over the past you know, few years since I bought the business, the amount of heartaches, the amount of lawsuits, the amount of sleepless nights that he had, the anxiety that he's had since he bought the business, is the only thing that got him to that place. So the little kid who's coming into business, the 19-year-old kid, or the 30-year-old guy who walks into business, who looks at him, is gonna look at him, is like, wow, he's successful, he made it. Without realizing that he didn't get there right away, it was a long, long journey that got him to the place that he's in. And it was difficulty. It was, very, it was filled with difficulty. And if you don't want the difficulty and you want the easy life of the Tom, that, that, that's the easy way. If you want to be able to live the life of the Tom, who's the shoemaker, who lives at home, who just makes the shoes and is happy with the bread that he has on his table, that's the easiest. But even if you want to make it to where that guy's getting to, it's not going to come easy. It's not going to come without, without difficulties and without challenges. So if the, if the Chacham wants to get somewhere, but he's always dropping everything because it has challenges, you're not going to get anywhere. It's like that in Ruchnius and it's like that in Gashmius. You want to get to someplace great in Ruchnius. You look at the guy who's making the Siyam Ashasa. It, it, takes, it takes real work and real avayda. It doesn't come easy. It's not something which comes easily. It's something which is hard and is difficult and you have to put in real avayda. So he right away sees these people and they catch his attention and right away says, I want to be them without realizing that you can't just be them in a day. It doesn't work that way. You're gonna have to go through difficulties. And that's what's gonna happen to him. He's gonna go to their job and he's gonna take a job in their, in their factory and their custom suit shop and suddenly he's gonna see that it doesn't work so quickly. And he's not gonna to get to whatever he saw in the street, he's not gonna get there right away. So you see a guy who's in real estate, right? A guy's in nursing homes, a guy's in whatever, whatever business he's in, he's making a lot of money. Okay, I wanna be that guy. So what do I need to do? All I need to do is get into the business of nursing homes and real estate, and then it, no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't, doesn't, you have to work from the bottom, you have to work and work and work and put in a tremendous amount of work. And if you wanna do it, 
Okay, but it's going to take a lot of work and, a lot, and it's difficult and there's a lot of challenges and it's going to be a lot of sleepless nights. A lot of nights you're not going to be home for supper. A lot of time, a lot of Shabbosim that you're going to be exhausted on because you spent the whole week working. It's not going to come easy. But the Chacham doesn't see that. The Chacham just looks with Chitzanius and all he sees is the end result and he says, I just want the end result. I just want to get to the place where it's tight ma'id and it's not kashim ma'id. It's easy and it's good and it's simple and I just am able to get to the top. So right away he sees these people. He's enthralled by what they have. He's enthralled by the fact that they're walking through the street and everybody's looking at them and he wants what they have right away. So what does he do? He does something very silly. The smart thing would do. The smart thing to be at, to do at this point would be, even if he wants to get to where they are, would be to go over to them, find out where their business is, go have an, go have an interview with the boss, make sure that you can get a job. Once you've gotten a job, then you can go back to the people that you brought you to Warsaw, that up until now you're employed by them, and tell them, listen, I found another opportunity, I wanna move on. He doesn't do that. First, he goes back to the people that brought him, he drops them. Why? Because something caught his eye, because something looks exciting. So he drops the people that brought him, which means he quits his job, and he doesn't get a new job yet. He quits his job because maybe I'm gonna find something better than what I have without the recognition of, do you have anything better yet? You, you saw something that caught your eye, but it's not yours. You don't actually have it. So you saw an opportunity, you saw somebody who made it big in, certain, in a certain industry, and you think that you could do the same thing. But first, ensure that you have the capability to actually have that parnasa before you leave what you have. And that's again, what the Chacham does. Everything he does seems very smart, but it's also very foolish as soon as you think about it. So what does he do? This is beautiful. Right away, before he goes to the suit factory, before he goes to try to get a new job, he first goes to the people that brought him. He tells them, thank you so much for bringing me. It's not good for me to be you. Not good for me to be with you. Why? It's not easy for me to be with you. Not because I found some, it's not easy. I want something easier. And what I saw on the street, the guy that I saw strike a rich, I think I can be him right away. So I don't want to be with you because it, there's difficulties. Kashim Oiblius Etzim, it's difficult to be with you. And therefore he says, I don't want to be with you. Valmashaviu, I, you brought me here. You gave me the free trip. So he says, I already, I already helped you on the path. I already helped you. I was a Mesharis, like we saw, he's Mesharis them very well over, you know, from the journey from his little village all the way to Warsaw. And therefore he says, I paid you for the journey. I don't want to see you again. You don't want to see me again. And let's, uh, let's part ways. Again, a very foolish thing to do at this point. You don't have a parnasa. Don't quit a job before you find another job. First, make sure that you have something else. And this is, again, a cloud gadol that happens very, very often that people get, in, people get stuck in between point A and point B. They don't like the job they're in or they don't like the job they're in because they saw something else very often, like the chacham, which means the job they're in may be good. Again, it may be difficult. Maybe they have challenges, but not insurmountable challenges. They're challenges which could be, could be dealt with but they see something more exciting, they see an opportunity more exciting, they quit their first job with the hopes that they're gonna get the second job before they actually get the second job. And that's again, a very foolish thing to do because something caught your eye, make sure that, make sure that you actually have a Kenyan on it. There's a lot of things on the street to catch your eye. Make sure that you can own it before you actually give up what you have. Don't give up what you have before you get the next best thing, the next, the next thing that, that, uh, that they saw. Nachman himself said, Nachman said, Rabnachman wanted very, very much that all the Hasidim, that all the, all the breasts of the Hasidim all had parnasa. Even though it's very, very good to have betachin, it's important that a person has a parnasa. It's important that a person has a job, a person has a way to make money. Don't give up that way to make money because you think you're going to get the next best thing. It's important to have a job, to have a pranasa. Again, you see another opportunity, you see something better, you see something that may work better for you, for your job, for your family, whatever it is. Okay, so go find out. Go make sure that you have that new job. Go make sure that it's something which is realistic, something which actually works for you. Once you check that out, then you can go back and you can say, okay, now I wanna, I wanna leave my first job. 
and don't burn your bridges before you, you know, get over to the other side. Only once you're on the other side, once you know that you have something else, then you can say, okay, I think I want to leave. I was talking to somebody else, also Mamash, a few days ago. He told me he was in a certain business and uh, he saw an opportunity to, you know, to go somewhere else in the business, to go to a bigger place in the business. In a family business and he, you know, he had the opportunity to maybe leave the family business and start, start off on his own. And he went to check out the new job, you know, it's new opportunity, he had to fly somewhere and he went to check out the new opportunity. And he's like, I went there and I came back home and I was like, I told him, I, told him, I was like, what am I doing? He's like, I'm happy where I am. I'm making money. I provide for my family. I'm able to go home at night and when five o'clock comes or six o'clock comes or whenever he leaves work, he's done for the day. He doesn't own the company. He's not the boss of the company. He's not the CEO. He's not the CFO. He's able to, and if there's any, any crazy you know, issues that go on in the company, it's not his problem. It's the boss's problem. He's a worker. He's an employee in the company. And he said, I realize I'm gonna start flying around America and start running around and start opening my own company and deal with all the challenges and all the anxiety. So what do I need that for? So he said, I took one trip to the, you know, to the new potential job and I saw what it's gonna be like to leave my family for a day, to sleep out in a hotel overnight. And it was, what's gonna, what, so he said, what am I running for? So again, that's somebody who has, that's somebody who's a real chacham. This kind of chacham doesn't do that. He sees, wait, I can make more money. So he tells the family, goodbye, I'm done. I wanna go make more money. And then he goes and he start, starts the new job and he says, wait a second, it's not everything that I thought, that I thought it was. The, the Yetzirah has a way to entice me that it looks much more exciting when I'm in my job, that the next job looks more exciting. Once I get to the new job, I realize that it's not everything that it was made out to be and it's not really that exciting and it's really very challenging and very difficult. And right away he says, he has regrets about the original one. He goes back to the family and they say, listen, we, we got somebody else to replace your position. You can't do this again. You can't just come in and out of the company. We're sorry. You know, you can stay with the new job. That's that's what that's what happens to the chacham, or could happen to the chacham. He ends up getting the second job. But this this is part of the part of the the klal of the chacham. He sees something that catches his attention. He thinks that's going to be him. He thinks I'm going to be that guy walking at the shul that the whole shul is going to turn around for. And therefore, he says, I want that. He drops his first job and then goes to see maybe I can get the second job. Again, part of the klal of the chacham. Just as a sikh and sikh surrounded also, where specifically why maybe Rav Nachman brought in. The, 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 the hats and the shoes were the things that caught him. Nachman said, Nachman said in the Pasuk, when Aishas Petifer grabbed Yosef Atzadik, the way that she grabbed him was with his clothing. So Nachman said, I can say, why, 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 why does the Pasuk say that she grabbed him by his clothing? Why is that important? But this Pasuk, she grabbed him. What's the difference if she grabbed him by his clothing? So obviously he ended up leaving the clothing, ended up slipping out of the clothing. But why does it need to say that she grabbed him by his clothing? Zakhtar Nachman, very interesting thing. Shabal Dover Vesitra Achra. Tefesis is the The Baldover grabs onto a person. Eish Petifer is the ultimate Yitzhara. She's the one who, day after day after day, like the Medrash says over there, every day she challenges Yitzhara Tzadik in Shunadik ways. She's a classic Yitzhara. What does the Yitzhara do? Nachman says, Tefesis is the Adam It grabs onto a person by their clothing. The Yitzhara makes a person spend a tremendous amount of time on the idea of clothing. Fascinating thing. That the bilbul that a person goes to when it comes to clothing specifically is mabalbul a person a tremendous amount and it takes away from his ability to be oivet Hashem properly. Clothing specifically, Rabbi Nachman's talking about. Specifically clothing. Again, clothing is a lavosh chitzaini. Clothing doesn't maybe only mean just clothing. It means things that are chitzainiyas. But even specifically clothing. Right? The whole concept of clothing is only chasarim. Right? One of the tzaddikim said that the fact that we wear clothing is something we should be embarrassed of. Right? We kaidan the chet of Adam Marishan. There's no concept of clothing. We only need to wear clothing because Adam and Chava ate from the eight sadas. To spend so much time and so much money and put such an emphasis on clothing, <laughs> that's silly. You don't want to. You don't want to put an emphasis on the thing that we only have because of the chet eight sadas. But Rachman said specifically, clothing have the ability to be a babble a person to make a person tremendous. Someone told me recently that a lot of the big 
a lot of the big CEOs and the big uh, and the big Gaish companies, they have a, they have a, like a, something called a uniform, right? Which means they, them for themselves. They have a very very specific uniform. They wear the same black T-shirt and the same pair of pants every single day. And they said they said that I don't know who was telling them. Maybe the CEO of Apple was saying this. He said that the mile of doing that is it makes their day much, much easier. They said if they have to spend time in the morning to figure out what clothing to wear or not wear, it takes away part of, part of their yeshiva das, the guy said, it takes away part of their yeshiva das and it makes it, it makes it much more difficult for them to be able to start the day off properly. So therefore what they did is, and again, you have to be rich enough and confident enough to actually do this. We're not confident and we want to be the chacham, so we right away look at clothing as something which is a status symbol and we want to have the nicest clothing because that turns the, turns the most heads and want to have the thing that's the most impressive to outside people. But the people that are actually confident, the people actually care about things that, that you know, again, they're caring about money, they're not caring about, uh, they're trying to make more money, but they're caring about something other than just what society says about them. So what do they do? They say, is that a clothing's just something that I need to wear in order to be able to get out of my house and have a cover take away. But I don't need to spend time on what my clothing is. I don't need to have a personal shopper. I don't need to have you know, custom-made clothing. I can get clothing. And I can wear the same basic clothing every single day. I can have three, four shirts, three, four pants. No, you can have 10 pants, but the same, the same pants again and again and again. And it's not something which takes a lot of tear from a person, right? The whole concept of you know, people wearing black and white. So again, it, it, there's no inherent value in the colors black and white. But part of the Indian is, it's just, it's simple. It's simple, and again, it's supposed to be that way. Right? Sometimes you see, you see the guy who's, you know, the yeshiva guy can spend triple the amount of time picking out the yeshivish tie as, as much as the, you know, the regular guy will spend on his, not yeshivish tie, it doesn't have to do with the colors, but it, the point is it's supposed, to, it's supposed to represent simplicity, that we don't need to get involved so much in the clothing to make that into a big dugish. And again, it doesn't make a difference whether we're colored color shirts or not colored shirts, it doesn't make a difference whether we're jeans or, or pants, it doesn't make a difference what type of clothing we are, but I'm not going to say that the specific begadav, that the HR is a way specifically of attacking a person with the concept of begadav, because begadav is the way that we express ourselves to the outside world, right? And begad comes from Lush and the Svarmak, say of the word begad. Begad, first of all, because Adam and Chava rebelled, and that's why they had to wear clothing, begad. But also, it's begad, it's also rebellion. The clothing, are, the clothing are the fakest thing that a person has, because you can wear clothing that look one way. Like these people, they worked, they worked in the custom suit factory. So they wore the nicest suit, and the Chacham looks at them and says, wow, they're amazing. It's just, it's clothing that they're wearing. It's not, it doesn't really represent who they are. It's not a real representation of who they are. That's why one of the, one of the things that takes place in the mikvah, the Ikra Avoid in the mikvah, is the Indian of Bittal. Right? And that's where, that's where people, everybody takes their clothing off. There's no levushim anymore. And Mela, that's, that's the level of total bittel. It's fascinating to see sometimes. You, you can look around at the, at the racks of clothing in the, in the mikvah, and you can see chesidim, you can see plumbers, you can see you know, wealthy people, you can see shivish people, it's all there. And then, but until everybody gets matched up with their clothing, you can be anybody. Right, the clothing are just expressions. You're not sure if this guy's going to come out. Is he going to go over? You know, sometimes it's like you watch the guy. Like, where's he going? Which set of clothing is he going to go to the plumber clothing, or is he going to go to the wealthy person's clothing? Maybe he's going to go to the chassidish clothing to the reckle and up. You have no clue where he's going. It's very hard to tell from a person just this face where he's going. You don't know. So it's the level of bittel where where nobody's wearing the levushim anymore, and you can't really tell where to match somebody up. But everybody puts in the clothing. Walk out of the mikvah. No, no. This guy's wealthy. This guy's a plumber. This guy's chassidish. He's litvish. He's farty. Right away, again, it's a way of expressing ourselves, and therefore we put so much emphasis in it. That's where the Yetzar grabs a person. And therefore what the Chacham sees more than, he doesn't see the car, he doesn't see the house, he sees their clothing. And right away that's something which excites him and he wants to be like them. Now it's interesting that the two, two items of clothing, two articles of clothing that he saw was a hat was also, and was also shoes. Now it is interesting, first of all, because Atam became a shoemaker. Right, we discussed that shoes are really shoes really represent the Indian of Malchus, they represent the Indian of Amuna, they represent the Indian of Oil Masia. So right away what he sees is shoes, but he sees shoes that are very very impressive. The Tom, when he makes shoes, he's not trying to make impressive shoes. He's trying to make shoes that are able to take you from one place to the other. 
Right? And that's why even we'll see later in the story, we'll see soon in the story when we get back to the Tom, that when the Tom's wife starts making crazy about the fact that he's not making nice enough shoes, he's not making enough money. He says, like, what's the difference? Like, the shoes are good, people are buying them, they're able to get people from point A to point B. They're serving a purpose. The shoes that the Chacham sees are not shoes which are there to serve a purpose. They're shoes which he sees are very impressive. Not only that, the shoes that he sees are very pointy. Right? Why, why are they pointy? So again, there's a Nyanam al Pikabala also. This farm talk about a lot why they're pointy shoes. This has a lot to do with a certain term of Kutimran. Rabbi Nachman spoke about the concept of shoes that are pointy, but specifically pointy shoes. The points in shoes don't make it any easier to walk. On the contrary, right? Very pointy shoes are not easier to walk in. On the contrary, they're, they're making, making it more difficult to walk in, right? So what's the point of them? <laughs> to, to look nice. Right? Which means shoes are really meant to get you from point A to point B. Shoes are supposed to be the most basic thing. I need shoes because I, I can't walk on the floor. It's difficult to walk on the floor. So I need a good pair of shoes that's able to take me from point A to point B. What, what the Chacham sees is, he sees pointy shoes. He sees fancy shoes. So now he's able to see that that which is meant to be something which is just basic. Clothing are meant to be something which you're able to cover yourself in a respectable way, in a way that's chashav. Chazal said that a person, especially Talmud Chacham, has to wear nice clothing. It shouldn't have clothing that has, that has stains in it. It should be nice. It should be respectable. It should look put together. But he starts to see clothing and shoes specifically as something which is more than just something there in order, in order to be able to get me from point A to point B. A hat's the same thing. He sees the hat also. A hat's something which protects the head, but he sees the hat as being something which is, which is chashat. The hat also is also meant to really hold in the chachma. As far as I say that the hat is really meant to be, chachma is the, is the reish. The hat sits on top, of the, on top of the reish, but it's meant to hold in the chachma, which means it's meant to put a gvul on the idea of chachma. Chachma itself is a very chashat thing. Everybody needs chachma. You need chachma. Again, that's why we said the chacham is not intrinsically bad. He has a tremendous mylist him. We want the chacham. We want the chacham with the time. But there has to be a gvul to the chachma when you stop allowing the chachma to overtake your life. So what he saw was, and this was trying to, trying to hint him also maybe, that the, the hat on, the, on these people's heads were trying to hint him, don't let the chachma take, take you over. Have the chachma, but also have a gvul. The hat's supposed to be holding the chachma in. The yamaka does the same thing. It holds the chachma in, it says, okay, don't let the Chachma expand to the point that it overtakes you completely. So maybe what he sees is the clothing, the Pesei Bebegadav, he sees the shoes, which are the opposite. The opposite shoes are the shoes of the shoemaker. The shoes of the shoemaker are there to get from point A to point B. He sees fancy shoes, shoes that are pointy, shoes that don't really have a point. They're, they have a point, you know, no pun intended. They have a point, but they don't really, they're not really there for a purpose. They're just there, you know, to look nice. As my wife the other day, I was like, you know, the person who invented, you know, high heel shoes is, there's no Chachma to it. It doesn't make any sense. Right? It's something which doesn't have any, there's no, it doesn't make any, why would you put your foot like that? It's not, it's not something which is sensible, it doesn't make sense to do something like that. It's not, it's not a way that it would be comfortable, it's not a way that makes sense. So point to shoes is the same thing. It's not something that makes sense, but it's something that looks nice. And that's again, that's what the Chacham gets caught up in. Right away, he quits his first job. And again, we'll have to, we'll have to stop here, we'll have to see what happens when he gets to the next job. But it's, it's not gonna, his life's not gonna get any better, you know, for sure not. Once he gets to the next job, just continuing, continuing, continuing. But this is a, uh, this is the beginning, and this is again the my love. The my love at tzaddik is vayyonach begadav vayyotzah chutza. Right, vayyonach begadav like Yosef at tzaddik, Yosef at tzaddik who's a tzaddik who doesn't get caught up in outside things. He's in, he's in Mitzrayim and he's ali ayin. He's able to be above the eye, above that which catches the eye. Yosef at tzaddik is able to see that there's nice clothing. Yosef at tzaddik is pesayv begadav. Yosef at tzaddik leaves his clothing behind and says that's not important. What's important is the things that are intrinsically valuable, not the things that society holds as valuable. Okay, so let's try to continue uh, next time at the next job that the chacham goes into.